Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of Walk On Radio. Man, huh? You know, as a Packers fan, as a Cowboys fan, rough, rough week. We're going to talk about that. College football rough week. I, I had a terrible week, and you're you're slowly catching up on the on the pick'em record, and you might be the king pretty soon. Well, you know, this week obviously was uh, I was in my natural state of of picking correct games. Uh, I went six and two compared to your measly four and four. Uh, you're still the king, so I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna say you don't deserve it, but. They're, they're, the day of reckoning will will come. Yeah, you better be careful with that natural state after, you know, the whole beginning with your rough start. And, you know, we're going to talk about it. The big fantasy bowl, the regular season bowl, and I heard you got a pretty good story to tell about that. I, I do. I do. We'll get to that in a little bit. So let's get started with our show. The first thing we want to start off with is a little bit of high school football. So, you know, we, we go to Sandview State, which is in Huntsville, Texas. So we were able to watch a game in high school. Uh, Huntsville High School plays at our stadium. So we figured what a great, it was a great day weather-wise. Let's go watch that game. And man, it turned out really good. Tell us uh, how you felt finally getting to watch high school football again. And tell me about the game and how it ended. Well, it was good. Um, I've been to a couple a couple Huntsville Hornet uh, games since I've been at Sam. Uh, me and uh, Dalton Meyer and then a, a past guest, uh, Isaac Schley, we went to the game. And it, and it was a good time. I love Love Texas high school football. It's unmatched. Just the atmosphere. It's pretty cool for those kids, I assume, to uh, play in a college football stadium. And so, uh, two undefeated teams. Uh, I know Huntsville's got some Division One talent. Uh, I know the other team had some Division One talent. So it was a lot of fun. The ending was awesome. Uh, a goal line stand, third and fourth down, quarterback sneak, uh, and and Huntsville's got two two huge defensive tackle brothers uh, that. That stuff the middle. I mean, they are. Uh, that's got to be a quite the grocery bill uh, for their family because uh, they're two big kids. Yeah, both those guys. Uh, they're definitely going to get a lot of offers. I know one of them already has pretty much all of the Southland Conference. And it is really fun to watch Huntsville High School games because we always seem to get one or two of them that come to Sam Houston State. It's really easy to offer them because you know you're right here. You can stay with your family. So we always get seem to get a couple of them. And man, they got a quarterback. Just a sophomore, you know, he made a couple mistakes, but uh, he wears eight because he likes, he says his favorite player is Lamar Jackson, wants to play and be like him, and a lot of comparisons. He, he's a quick guy, he's got a nice throw, and uh, do you think in a few years he's going to be racking up offers, and you think Sam Houston might be able to pick him up? Yeah, I, I think right now he's raw, he's very raw, um, you know, kind of kind of that knowing the offense uh, part of being a quarterback, I think he could improve on. But like Dalton said, he's a sophomore, and uh, athletically, he's very gifted. And so definitely in a couple years, he, he's, he's a D1 talent. Uh, yeah, I could see Sam Houston offering him, uh, but I, I definitely see big things for that kid. Now, also, during the game, we were talking, me, you, and Isaac were talking about this, and we were talking about if we went to Huntsville High School and we got an offer to Sam Houston State, would you be okay – you know, staying right at home and playing for Sam Houston, you, you've played on that field your whole life, or would you rather branch out and go somewhere else? I think there's two ways to look at it. You know, on one side, yeah, you want to venture off into into the world, you know, experience new things. Like, obviously, that's awesome. But, you know, if I'm a if I'm an FCS-level player, uh, then, you know, what, what better than performing in front of your town? You know, you kind of have a name for yourself. Obviously, you were a, a talented player in high school, and so, you know, kind of the legend of, of who you became in high school lives on uh, performing for, for your hometown college. 
Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch these guys grow, and we'll always keep going to the games, and maybe we'll get a couple of them for the school. So we're always going to keep an eye on Huntsville High School. Now, Hump, I have a question for you. Do you know what is happening on Sunday? What is happening on Sunday, Dalton? It is a national holiday. Should be international. It is National Tight End Day. George Kittle started it. It's a, it's the big holiday for us. Me and Isaac, we are going to celebrate, have a great time. So I wanted to ask you this question, and it could be college or NFL. Who was the first great tight end you remember watching, and who is your favorite tight end you've ever seen? Man, uh, if I had to say the first tight end uh, that I remember watching, you know, I'm going to have to go Jason Witten. I mean, he was a longtime Dallas Cowboys tight end, one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, you know, he's a real class guy, and so I definitely I look at him as kind of that prototypical tight end. Uh, as far as, you know, favorite ever, Man, New England Patriots Rob Gronkowski is is uh, tough to beat. I mean, the dude is a touchdown machine, a fantasy football legend, and just outside of football, he seems like a really fun guy. And, you know, the debate, there's always the big debate, is Gronk the greatest tight end of all time? Do you agree with that statement? I, statement? I know there's other names, like Shannon Sharp. A lot of people say he was just a receiver, couldn't block very well. Tony Gonzalez is up there. Who do you think is the greatest tight end of all time? I'm going to break it into two categories. I think Rob Gronkowski is the greatest pass-catching tight end of all time. Not that he wasn't a good blocker. I'm not saying that. But, you know, he, he was he was Tom Brady's number one receiver for, for most of his career. Uh, now he's he's back with Tom Brady, so obviously that's a, a true statement. So I'm going to put him as the greatest pass-catching tight end of all time. But if I had to, you know, pick a prototypical tight end uh, – Tony Tony Gonzalez is is who comes to mind mind for me. Yeah, they they're both great tight ends. I think Gronk kind of changed the game, being able to go out into a receiver position. And before at the hand, there were a couple, but now the the new generation of tight ends coming in, they can run, they can catch, they can block, they can do everything. So hopefully, the Sunday will get a lot of tight end touchdowns. Even this Saturday, uh, I know I'm excited to watch, and I'll, it's going to be a really fun week for me. And so let's get on. Let's keep moving on with college football. Uh, you know, we're kind of, we're getting almost halfway. So let's talk about the college football playoffs, our final four. You know, we've had a, we've had two different versions of it. We keep changing our answers as the season goes on. So I'm going to ask you this, Hump, are you going to change your final four? Do you have any other people you want to add in, take out? What does it look like for you now? You know, I, I've been pretty set on my top two teams here for a couple weeks now. I haven't, haven't wavered from Clemson. Obviously they're showing that, you know that's a that's a pretty good bet right now. Uh, I was pretty high on Bama from the start, and they're they're certainly not disappointing. You know we get Big Ten football back this week, and so that kind of keeps my my Ohio State pick alive. But that fourth pick, I'm not gonna lie, I've changed pretty much every every time we've talked about it. You know I started out with Georgia, uh, I moved it to Texas, um, and I just I don't know about those anymore. But uh, here, here, I'm going to say this, Dalton, and this is, this is a certified hot take. Okay, We haven't had much of a, a hot take in a while, but uh, I think the Big Ten could, could have a second team this year, okay? Because the SEC, you know, under Bama, you know, I know we talked about A&M. I know we keep talking about Georgia, but I don't, I don't necessarily see that. I think, you could, I think there's a better chance of a Penn State getting in uh, rather than those teams out of the Big Ten, but... If that doesn't happen, Dalton, you want to know who I think has a really good chance this year at making a playoff run? I'm really worried, but uh, give me it. That team is the SMU 
Mustangs led by Shane Bouchel. Wow. Yes, yes. I think I think that this this is a year uh, a, a corona ridden year. You know the schedules are different. Uh, some teams are, are kind of out of contention in my mind. This is the year we finally get a group of five team in the playoffs. I think it's a, a strong possibility. Well, let me ask you this then. So what what does SMU have to do? Because every time they do, they pick the playoffs. They always give strength of schedule a, a big part of it. UGA or Georgia always slides in. Notre Dame always slides in. So what will SMU have to do to be able to securely get that spot? Well, first off, they have to go undefeated. That's that's a given. You know, you you, you can't lose a game uh, being a group of five team. But uh, I think it helps that the American Conference is stronger this year. You know, you've got you've got a strong win over Memphis. You you know they play Cincinnati this week, who is highly ranked. I mean, that's that's a big game. You know, definitely some postseason implications on this game this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about it later. We're picking it, but yeah. You know, just keep keep putting up numbers, keep keep blowing teams out, keep winning the games you should, and uh, hope hope that that bigger teams lose. I mean, you know, you need a lot of you need a lot of two loss teams uh, in those Power Five conferences to have a chance. Yeah, and Shane Bouchel has been having a great year. He's in the Heisman running. We're going to talk about the Heisman running in a second. Uh, for me, for my Final Four, I was hating on Alabama, and my goodness, I mean, they're legit, awful. They they said Georgia is the best defense in college football, and Alabama put forty one on them. Yeah. So it is looking like a Clemson Alabama game again. Uh, I have Clemson one. I'm putting Alabama two at three. Ohio State just because benefit of the doubt, and when they come, they come. But number four, like you said, is open, and I have two teams that. I think if Notre Dame keeps it up, they'll slide in. But a, a surprise team, and you were big on them, I wasn't. If Oklahoma State continues to play like they are, I could see them getting that fourth spot. They always love throwing that Big 12 team in there. Now that Oklahoma and Texas are both out, Oklahoma State could slide in. They, they have Chubba Hubbard, who was one of the big Heisman running in the beginning, and they have a solid team. How do you feel about uh, Oklahoma State? I, I, think, I think that's a great take. I just I worry that a Texas or an Oklahoma is going to slip up and beat them because that's just the nature of the Big 12. And I think we've mentioned that before. Obviously, Oklahoma State is very talented. I think they're, what, sixth in the nation now, maybe five, mm-hmm. something something like that. But it just wouldn't surprise me if, you know, a second-tier Big 12 team ends up beating them. Yeah, and that's always a problem, but uh, it'll be fun to see them. I, I'm rooting for SMU, too. I really like SMU, and I hope they make it. I'm just worried that – at the end of the day, when they go down to pick them, they're not going to pick them for the Final Four. And you're probably right, Dalton. It, it, it all goes back to, I think in this day and age, four teams is not enough to if you're going to have a playoff for the national championship. I think you, know, you, you, you definitely need at least eight. Uh, I think FCS does it the best. With 24, you know, in the spring we're having a 16-team playoff, and I couldn't be more excited. I mean, I think that that really is going to give a true national champion. Yeah, and I, th- I think you said it best in, the, in our first couple episodes. This was the time to try it out with this whole corona scare and everything going on. It would have been a, a good year to try it out and see how it worked and if they liked it or didn't like it. So right before we go into scores, I want to do something. We have our Heisman ranking. It's been moving around, in and out. So here's our top 11. So I'm going to read them out to you, and I want you to tell me how you feel. Who would you switch around, or is it correct? So number one, Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Number two, Mac Jones. Three, Justin Fields. Four, Jalen Waddle, a little surprising for me. Five, Zach Wilson, BYU, they are balling. Six, Najee Harris. Seven, Kyle Trask. Eight, Shane Bouchelle, your SMU Mustangs. Nine, Travis Etienne. Ten, Brock Purdy. And 11, De'Ara King. 
Um, tell me about the list. You like it, dislike it. And, uh, man, Jalen Waddle at four, I, I think it's a little surprising to me. I, I like that list. Uh, you know, more importantly, uh, you've got the number one guy right. And I just, I, I again, and week in and week out, he proves that this is Trevor Lawrence's year and this is his award to lose. Uh, and so him being one is is no surprise to me. Matt Jones is absolutely exceeding expectations at Alabama. I mean, he, you know, you could make a case that Alabama is the most high-powered offense in the nation, uh, and for good reason. You know, we talked about Jalen Waddle on this list. He's a receiver for Alabama. We talked about Najee Harris. He's a running back for Alabama. So if you have three of the top ten Heisman candidates, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Justin Fields at Ohio State, obviously. The, you know, he hadn't played yet, but the hype around him is, is for real. You know, he's a he's a first rounder in next year's NFL draft, I would I would assume. And I expect him to have a good year. I just, you know, with the with them starting late, I just I don't know, it's gonna be weird. I, I still I don't think he's as good as Trevor Lawrence, and so I think that's gonna be a really tough mountain for him to climb. One name on this list that I really want to bring up, uh, you know, we talked about Shane Bouchelle and we've talked about Derek King, but Travis Etienne. Dude, I've I've watched some Clemson football this year, and I know they're blowing blowing dudes out. But Travis Etienne gives me really really big Alvin Kamara vibes, and that dude, I mean, when he turns it on, he has a impressive next gear. I mean, that dude when he gets when he gets the ball in his hands, he he's going to score, and I I think he he's gonna his style of play is gonna really translate to the next level, and I think he's a huge reason and why. I believe the Clemson Tigers will win the national championship this year. Yeah, and I was just going to ask you about that. Do you think Travis Etienne only being at nine is disrespectful? Do you think it has to do with because Trevor Lawrence is putting up so many numbers? Because you have Najee Harris at six. Who would you say is a better running back, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne? I mean, personally, I would say Travis Etienne, but I don't. I wouldn't say being ninth in the Heisman, you know, vote early voting is is disrespectful. I mean, I you know, it's it's he's the second best player on his team, and that's. That's not his fault, but he is a Heisman uh, caliber player. But Trevor Lawrence is is one of the best college football players uh, of our generation. Yeah, and it's hard it's hard in the Heisman running to be a running back because quarterbacks are putting up so many numbers, and it, it is a, it's going to be a tr- uh, an uphill battle for Travis Etienne. But it's going to be fun to watch Clemson Tigers that in, that national championship matchup between Clemson and Alabama, which most likely will happen. It's going to be a shootout, and it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, last thing before we get into scores. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's the number one pick pretty much no matter what. It's looking like Jets are not going to win a single game. And a lot of people are saying, you know, Trevor, maybe he takes another year and, you know, waits it out and find a different team. How do you feel about that? Do you think he should try to go to the Jets, change the culture, or should he wait it out and go to a, you know, a, a worse team but not the Jets? There is um, there is a lot of ways to look at this, Dalton, and um, – you know, I've seen people talk about how uh, Trevor should use his last year of college, you know, not to get drafted by the Jets. But, man, I think you're just delaying the inevitable. Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick overall in the NFL draft. And, and what comes with that is a, is a bad program. I mean, he, he's, he's not going to go to the Super Bowl champions, okay? That's just not how it works. And, and being a player like that, you know— People are going to have high expectations for him and high expectations to quickly turn around an NFL franchise. Now, do I think that's fair? No, not necessarily. You know, this is football. Uh, one person really can't change the entire franchise. Uh, you know, basketball, yes, that, that can happen. You immediately need to make an impact. But at the quarterback position, all eyes are on you. But 
I don't even know if that's fair, you know? Uh, and so couple, couple things, you know, that, that you can do, uh, you know, you ask yourself, okay, Trevor, you know, do you want, do you, do you want to go to the Jets? Okay. Do you want to try to, to turn that around? Okay. But I know in, I know in history, um, two, two people come to mind in this exact same situation. Okay. John Elway was, was going to be, you know, a, a really high draft pick. Okay. Well, he said, all right, if I get drafted by them, if I get drafted by that team, I'm going to play professional baseball, and, I, and I'm not going to blink twice. And so he kind of he decided that that's not where he wanted to go. Eli Manning does the same thing. Says if the, if the San Diego Chargers draft him, he's not playing. He won't do it. So if I'm the Jets in that situation, okay, if that's going to be the case, I would say that the Jets have the opportunity to, to get one of the biggest – trades uh in NFL history I mean what what team isn't trading you know if you look at the Bears okay if I'm the Chicago Bears and I'm five and one right now with a very very mediocre quarterback room okay are you trade are you not trading three first rounders for a guy like Trevor Lawrence you know I mean I Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent and I'd say he's as sure as a thing as Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, okay, coming out of, coming out of college, I, I think he is he is the prototypical, pretty much ideal NFL quarterback. And so I'm if I'm a team that I feel like I have what it takes to win a Super Bowl, and I'm missing a a star studded quarterback, I'm I'm trading the Jets the kitchen sink for this number one pick if Trevor Lawrence does not want to be a New York Jet. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence, he's done everything he needed to do in college football. If he wins his national championship, it'll be two. You know, I don't think he needs to have that other year. And he can also, you know, go to the Jets, play out his rookie contract, get the numbers that we all think he's going to get, you know, demand a trade or demand to be the highest paid quarterback and get your money. You know, there's a lot of different options he can do. He is going to be one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. Now, being on the Jets might throw him off a little bit, but he's still Trevor Lawrence, and hopefully he can get it done. And maybe he can change the culture. Maybe it starts with him, and they build around him, and they can build something special. We'll see about that. The Jets got to do a lot of things because they are most likely going to be the number one pick. We'll talk about the NFL and those scores later. Let's jump into college football and their scores. Start off with BYU. We're talking about Zach Wilson being the Heisman running. They beat a good Houston team 43-26. to and BYU is slowly moving up the rankings. BYU in the Final Four. I know you're big on this Group Five. If you had the SMU versus BYU, who are you taking? Man, that's tough. Um, golly, I, I like Shane Bouchel, so I'm going to stick with SMU. But I, I definitely think that BYU could run the table. I'm afraid that they don't have enough games on the schedule to to slip into that Final Four. You know, they've had some some cancellations and some postponements, not being in a conference they are an independent school and so i just i'm afraid they're not going to play enough games this season yeah but either way they're balling out they'll be ready for next year maybe they can do a different kind of run smu we just talked about them they beat tulane 37 to 34 smu's make a slow climb if they want to do what you want them to do they have to keep winning they can't lose one game clemson my goodness they beat georgia tech 73 to 7 they beat them so bad that they had their punter in Throwing some passes That's around. Disrespectful. 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 And Georgia Tech normally they, they've had a pretty decent season. They've been winning some good games. Did Georgia Tech not just just dismantle Louisville? Yeah. Uh, and, and and they, you know, they they beat Florida State, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I mean I think Georgia Tech is a good program. I think that just shows how freaking good Clemson is. Yeah, they beat Florida State and Florida State, man, they beat our boys 
Oh North Carolina, God. thirty-one to twenty-eight, Man. and I think that does it for North Carolina. I, I, that was that game hurt me the most by far. Sam Howell put the world on his back and, and brought North Carolina back from the depths of of a huge, huge blowout win for Florida State. Brought them back, gave them the opportunity to take the lead, and two drops cost it for the Tar Heels. They're they're getting really close. I think that they're almost there. You know, this loss is going to change a lot of things. They were five. Uh, if, if they can win the ACC, which is highly unlikely playing Clemson, maybe, but they got a lot to do. They got they have to win out this season to even have a shot. I even, still put them over Notre Dame. Oh. But, uh, even even with the loss, I'll do it. Man, I, but, you know, you have to think of how the, the college pickers are going to do it. But, they, I, no, I'm saying if they play head-to-head, okay, I yeah. would pick North Carolina. Yeah. That's well, who I'm picking. Speaking of Notre Dame, they barely beat Louisville 12-7, to yep. so – Notre Dame, they're looking a little wishy-washy. They're still in the Final Four, though, as of right now. If you guys can't tell, I am a I'm a big-time anti-Irishman. I just I I just don't see it. I mean, I feel like I feel like them not being in a conference, and I know I know they're in the ACC this year, but I, I just I it, it would not surprise me if they drop one here pretty soon. Yeah, and they do this every year. They make it to the playoffs, and they get absolutely blown out in the first round. So you know, watch we'll to see how they do. They, they're still winning, which means they're still going to be in the Final Four. Uh, Texas A&M, they're making their big run. Everyone thinks they might have a shot. They beat Mississippi State 28-14. to Mississippi State was a fever dream. They never were good. They talk, have- about, talk about unbelievable like high hopes for a team to, hey, I hope we win one more game this year in Mississippi State. What a weird story. Well, let me ask you, was that a good Mississippi State game or was it a bad LSU game that first game? I think it was just the stars aligned perfectly. Uh, I don't think LSU is anything special. And I, and I don't think Mississippi State is anything special either. But so, you know, Mike Leach just had a great game plan. Uh, that quarterback played a an unbelievable game to dethrone the defending national champions. But obviously Mississippi State is uh, kind of a joke now. Yeah, and LSU too. They, they lost their quarterback, Miles Brennan. They're now looking for a quarterback. They have a quarterback battle. So Seattle of the year. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I think uh, it's limited, but... You know, maybe this quarterback comes in and changes around. He he ends up not playing anymore. We'll have to see how LSU does. They're definitely rebuilding. And uh, I don't know if bro, I don't know if you saw, but OBJ was banned from LSU's facility for two years for was it one hundred and twenty thousand dollars? Yeah, something. He was he was. I I forgot that that happened. Uh, and I'm reading Dalton that not only is he suspended for two years, I'm reading that LSU is going to lose some athletic scholarships. Oh, I mean, man. what a what a a selfish thing to do if you're Odell Beckham. I mean, I know that that stuff goes on. I know that donors give college athletes money, but on the field, after the game, in the locker room, that's selfish. I mean, that's, you know, I think Odell Beckham is a misunderstood guy, but he just he just does things that, that puts the attention on himself. I mean, those kids just won a national championship, and for me, it looked like that he was trying to put the attention on himself. And so I don't, you know, I do not... I do not did not condone what his antics after the national championship last year. Yeah, I don't even know if he should have been in the locker room. I get it, he's an LSU great, but yeah, like you said, let those boys have their shine. Uh, they they had the greatest season in college football history. That's what I, I mean. It, it's not about him. No, yeah, I, and that, that's all the news was was you know Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham. Exactly, it should have been about. The I mean, kids. it should have been about the the twenty and twenty one year old kids that just pulled off one of the greatest seasons of all time. You know, put the focus on Justin Jefferson, put the focus on Joe Burrow, not Odell Beckham, an NFL receiver that played for LSU years ago. 
So LSU, they need a little culture change. They're they're gonna build. They're gonna they're gonna get their recruits and they're gonna be good. But this year is not their year. Uh, Miami, they beat Pitt thirty-one to nineteen. Miami's still making that comeback, trying to get in that ACC picture with a couple good teams. And then Auburn, wow, mm. Auburn mm. loses to mm. South Carolina thirty to twenty-two. I need to formally apologize for anything positive I said about Bo Nix and the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, Bo Nix had a Man. rough game. South Man. Carolina had a great game, but Bo Nix just struggled, nah, and it looked like he was uncomfortable. Unacceptable. Uh, Kentucky, your boys, yes, they beat yes. Tennessee yes. thirty-four to seven. I want I want it to be known. That I said Tennessee, or not Tennessee, Kentucky wasn't just a basketball school. I had high hopes for the Wildcats this year. My goodness. Yes. They, they might ruin some people's season coming down the line here. I'm pretty sure I also said that Rocky Top Tennessee is it's not their time yet. Nope. I, I think that I think they're a couple years away. You know, they had a good recruiting class, but 2020 is, is not the volunteers' year. Yeah, they they're also building kind of like North Carolina. They're, they're on their way. We could see them being a future power, but Kentucky, they're surprising. That's that's your boys. You, you know, I've had my teams I'm high on, my Arizona Cardinals, my Tulsa's, but Kentucky is Humphrey's team. Yes. Hopefully they keep making yes. a good run and doing well. Uh, in other news, Boston College, I had them picked. I was talking big about them. They get stomped by Virginia Tech, 40-14. Virginia Tech is making a nice little run. I like Virginia Tech. Really? Dude, how how strong is the ACC looking this year? I that's mean, they, great. I, no, that's great for college football. I mean, we need, we need a switch up from the SEC winning everything every year uh, and the Big Ten. You know, they, they've obviously had some really good years in the past decade, but come on, ACC. Now we just need the Big 12 to stop sucking. Yeah, you know, we had the – and then also the Pac-12. They, I, they're they they're so, so far away from being good. They have so much potential too because they have great teams with great recruiting classes and they just come around and just can't be good. And other than your boys, Oregon, who, you know, you completely forgot about. Don't forget you were high Dude, on the they, Oregon train. They, they've lost like five – Five dudes in the NFL draft. I, I'm. I think that I get a free pass on, <laughs> on dropping the ducks this year. Um, Oregon. We'll see about them. I, I've never been big on them. No. Well, high maybe hopes. maybe they make a run, and you can say, you know what, from the beginning, you honestly, it. the Pac-12 should drop down and play FCS football this year in the spring. <laughs> that might be a <laughs> give me a give me the through. Trojans this year. Sam Houston State wants them. Shoot, I think bring we them beat on. them by sixty. Bring them on. We want to play in the Coliseum. Uh, we lost three really good games due to Corona and being postponed, postponed, including the team, the game that we had picked that I was very nervous about. Cincinnati and Tulsa got postponed. Mm. Florida LSU got postponed, mm. and then Oklahoma State Baylor got postponed. Mm. All three great games could have been some surprises, um, but you know it is what it is this season. You're going to see a lot of that. And then our last game, the one we picked, Georgia versus Alabama, a stomping forty-one to twenty-four. You know, I I said it was it was an offense versus a, a a good defense, and Alabama just ran through Georgia. Talk about that game. Uh you know, if you watched the first half of that game and you and you thought Georgia was going to win, you'd be feeling pretty good about yourself because they definitely went into the locker room having a great chance to win that ball game. But if you watched the fourth quarter, you would really be scratching your head at why Dalton, Coach Merkins, and Coach Archer picked the Georgia Bulldogs in this one. And I'm going to be honest, I don't care if Georgia would have won by 30. I can't believe y'all picked them. I mean, I just, I don't care if 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 Buzz Lightyear coached the Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, Nick Saban almost missed the game. You had to know that he wasn't going to miss the game. Nick yeah. Saban was going to find a way to be on the sidelines for that one. And, and I just, I'm not picking against Bama right now. No way. 
Yeah, I know. Very foolish. I mean, I, you know, a couple episodes ago, I had Alabama not even the Final Four. I had Florida, which, you know, it still could be, it could happen, but Alabama looks way too dominant. And also, that Heisman list, you know, last week, Stetson Bennett was on that list. Boo. Obviously, Boo. he is not there anymore. <laughs> he struggled. Did he so, play? I didn't even notice him. He did play. But, you know, obviously, they, they didn't do enough to beat Alabama. Tough game. Alabama Clemson is probably the national championship. Nobody wants to see that, but that's what we get. Uh, so for we're pick- still gonna watch it. Oh, we're still gonna watch <laughs> we're it. We're still gonna watch it. We're still gonna watch it. So for Pickums, we got some good games. A lot of even matchups. Our first one: Ohio- uh, Iowa State versus Oklahoma State. Like I said, Oklahoma State could make. It's making that run to try to get into that fourth spot. Could win the Big Twelve, but Iowa State always comes around and upsets people. Who do you got win this game? Brock Purdy, number ten on the Heisman chart too. You know, I just talked about Oklahoma State has the potential to drop a to a lesser Big 12 team. And and honestly, Brock Purdy and, and the Iowa State Cyclones uh, fit that description. Uh, but I do not see the Oklahoma State Cowboys losing in Stillwater this weekend. And so give me the pokes. I agree with you. I'm going Oklahoma State as well. And let me tell you why. It is National Tight End Day on Sunday. And the Oklahoma State tight ends which are called Cowboy Backs, which I think is the coolest oh, thing ever. That's pretty cool. I didn't know they have that. a really dominant uh, run game with Chubba Hubbard, and it all go through those Cowboy Backs. And I, I just said I haven't maybe fit in that Final Four spot, so I got to stick with Oklahoma State. But if Iowa State wins, I wouldn't be surprised because they always upset people. But it is in Stillwater. So I've been to that stadium. Really? Beautiful stadium. It looks Boone really Pickett cool. Stadium. I, you know, Oklahoma State is a really slept-on team. Really cool jerseys, cool facilities. Great jerseys. Great coach. Great stadium. Yeah. No, it's a good It is school. a slept-on team. But, you know, with yeah, it's always between Oklahoma Oklahoma State. I would probably take Oklahoma as well. So they're always seem to go under the rug a little bit. Our next game, first Big Ten matchup we've had. Yes. Michigan at Minnesota. Man, Michigan always has high hopes, disappoints. Minnesota had a great year. Are they going to have another great year? Jim Butt, Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat. I think if he doesn't have a good season, he is gone. Who do you have for this uh, game? Well, I, uh, I've been on the P.J. Fleck train uh, for about two years now. You know, I love, I love when he screams, row the boat, sky uma, whatever that means, Dalton, but I love it. Um, I'm going the Gophers in this one. Uh, they're at home. I think Michigan is, falls in the same category as Notre Dame. I think every year they're, they're ranked way too high. They fall in the same category as Texas, Dalton. They're ranked way too high every year. And they don't ever see anything from it. Michigan's going to get slapped by Ohio State in a couple weeks. And and I think Minnesota gets the win this week. Yeah, I'm going with you as well. I'm going Minnesota. I don't know if you remember a long, long time ago, I called P.J. Fleck Minnesota's quarterback on air. Didn't even catch it. Didn't realize it. <laughs> Foolish mistake of me. I don't remember that. I did. It was our preview episode. I said P.J. Fleck, the quarterback, is going to have a great year. <laughs> I think later on, Dalton... When we, when we kind of have a, a lot of episodes under our belt, I think we need to make a bloopers reel of all the foolish things that we've said. Yeah, but we also are going to have to make a, a list of all the great takes oh, we've all made. The hot, we're going to call it the hot take tape. Because we've made some we made some great picks, great predictions. But I, a blunder of mine, I called him the quarterback. Michigan disappoints every year. And uh, I love Jim Harbaugh, but unfortunately, I think this is his last year as a uh, Michigan Wolverine. I think they're going to disappoint again. I think Ohio State is going to dominate them, and I think he's gone. He does a great job recruiting, but Michigan fans expect so much, and I think it's going to force the president to make a decision and get rid of him. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Sorry to interrupt you. You're good. Is Tom Herman in that same category? 
with Coach Harbaugh this season for Texas? Man, I, we did talk about last episode, and the expectations are so high for you know teams like Michigan and Texas. And I think Tom Herman does a great job recruiting, and I think his players are there. And he always seems to have the team, and it disappoints. So, man, I don't know. I, I, think, I think he still has a few years left because they're so high on the recruiting, and they have a lot of good players coming in. I think you said they're the number one quarterback. Uh, they have a really good freshman group. They have a really good sophomore group. So maybe, but I think I think if they – man, I don't know. I think Jim Harbaugh is more on the hot seat than Tom Herman. I agree with that. I agree that there is a chance because of the expectations being in two great universities like Texas and Michigan. Um, but also Michigan has yet to beat Ohio State under Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Tom Herman has won against Oklahoma and has gotten that golden cowboy hat. That's so, a, you know, a, rivalries yeah. are a big thing too. But uh, give me Minnesota. They had a great year. I think they're going to have another good year. I don't think they're going to do as well, but I think they're definitely going to beat Michigan. Uh, for our next game, your boys, SMU, they're playing Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a great matchup. Cincinnati is doing really well. SMU is doing really well. Who do you got win this game? It is at SMU, which could be an important factor. Well, I think this is the game of the week. Uh, as far as college football is concerned, these are two of the best uh, group of five teams in the nation. Um, I love Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is is really talented this year. You know, our fellow Bearcat mascot brethrens. Um, but I've talked a big game about SMU, and I'm sticking with it. The game is in Dallas, and uh, give me the ponies in this one. Man, another thing about SMU is what a cool campus. I've been to SMU. It's I know unbelievable. You have. Yep. It's a really cool campus yep. in, right in Dallas. Now, let me let me tell you this. I have not picked against Cincinnati yet, Ooh. and I have not lost with Cincinnati. But not so fast, in the words of Corso. I'm going SMU as well. Okay. I think Shane Bouchelle is having a great year. Um, I, think, I think they could make that fourth spot if they do really well. Uh, I love, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati gets an upset here. I don't even know if you can call an upset uh, because yeah. Cincinnati Cincinnati's is ranked higher. higher. Yeah. So uh, give me SMU in a great game. It's going to be a great. Game. I think it could be the game of the I, week. I, as I can't you said. wait to watch this one. Actually, give me the Mustangs. I like it. Pony up. Our next game, little Southland Conference matchup: Abilene Christian versus SFA. It's been unfortunate because FCS football has had a really disappointing fall. Not very many wins here and there. SFA. They've had a disappointing year. Abilene Christian's had an okay year. But uh, they're, they're building for this fall to come back and play with people in the FCS. So who do you got in the Southland Conference matchup? Before I say who I've got, did you see where this one's being played? No, it's I did It's at a neutral site. Really? They were playing at the ballpark in Arlington, the old Rangers baseball stadium. Really? Yes. So the first college football game in that stadium, I before Corona – I had the pleasure at attending an XFL game in that stadium. It was awesome. Uh, you know, they brought in some seating in left field for kind of make it a football atmosphere, and it was awesome, Dalton. So I'm I'm excited to watch this one. Uh, anytime Southland Conference is on, I try to watch. It's a bit weird that it's a Southland Conference on Southland Conference game, even though it technically is not a conference ball game. Uh, a little weird. I'd be. I'd be a little upset if I was the Southland Conference, like the officials of it, because you know both these teams have opted out in the spring when the national championship is. So that's 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 a conversation for another time. But I will not pick SFA. I, I do not think SFA is good. I've watched them pretty much every game this season. Uh, really, nothing has impressed me. They they played really close to uh, a Division Two Angelo State this weekend. Uh, it was close for. Close for a good bit of the game. Uh, you know, Abilene Christian played Army 
pretty closely earlier in the year, and so that that gives me some faith on their end. Uh, so give me the Wildcats, give me ACU, uh, the Battle of the Purple Schools in this one. Um, what do you think, Dalton? Well, first of all, is is this a rivalry game, or what? Do you know the reason why they're playing in that state? Is it just an opportunity that they had two Texas I, teams? Or? I think I think it was just a it was a good good opportunity for TV and ticket sales. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game in a cool little venue. I picked SFA a couple times, and you know you you've always hated that I've kind of been on SFA's boat, and it has been hard for me to being a rival of them. But they have disappointed me every single time. They they do not look very good. I, st- I think they have a chance to grow because they have a really young team, but like a bunch of other teams we talked about, they're not there yet. And Abilene Christian did run against a okay Army team. So give me Abilene Christian. Uh, how do you think they're going to do in the fall in, in the Southland Conference, Abilene Christian? You know, they we played them last year in a, in a really good game. We got a quarterback, Eric Schmidt, put the team on his back and make some good plays. Uh, do you think they can make a run for the, those top spots? Man, you know, a lot can happen in a year. Uh, you know, we're playing in the spring. Those, those teams aren't, and so... We wouldn't play Abilene Christian until fall of 2021, so a lot can happen. Uh, I know they lost their their quarterback, who was a, a really talented player. He's at La Tech now. But, you know, facilities, they're awesome. Uh, I, I think the program itself is good, but I just I just don't see Abilene Christian being, being good enough in the recruiting field to compete with the Sams and the Centrals and Nichols and teams of that stature. So no, I don't see Abilene Christian being one of the top dogs in the Southland, but I do think that they will continue to kind of be that middle of a pack team. Yeah, for the Southland Conference, I think the big thing when it comes to recruiting is who can get the best transfers. There's always transfers looking to come down and play in the Southland Conference. We always seem to get a lot of uh, former FBS athletes, and you don't see a lot about Abilene Christian, and, and they don't really make that kind of impact. So I do agree. You know, maybe they can surprise a couple people, but uh, we'll have to see about that in a year. Our last game, Auburn at Ole Miss. Both teams are kind of disappointing this year. Auburn just lost to South Carolina. Bo Nix had a, a, a tough game. Ole Miss, you know, Lane Kiffin, the train is not rolling yet. Who do you got for this Auburn-Ole Miss game? Man, I was so big on Auburn to start the year. I loved Bo Nix. I love what I saw out of him last year, but I have been more than disappointed this year. Now, I've watched Ole Miss play. Okay, and I watched them play against Alabama and really put up a lot of points on them. I think that quarterback and Lane Kiffin uh, are good enough to to score some points. But then the next week they go out and lose to Arkansas. Now, with that being said, I think Arkansas is actually one of the more surprising teams this year. I do not think they're as bad as they've been in the past. So this one, Auburn, Ole Miss, it's at Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss. Give me the Rebels in this one. I I. I've just kind of lost all hope on Auburn. You know, they really should have lost to Arkansas. They kind of had a wishy-washy um, fumble call. You know, they didn't call it a fumble. Bo Nix turned around, spiked the ball backwards. Oh, that's a fumble. My you know, goodness. that's a fumble. That's a bad way to lose. The Razorbacks should have won that one. Um, South Carolina dismantled Auburn. And so, give me the Rebels. Yeah, I, I, I remember watching that Ole Miss-Alabama game and being really impressed with Ole Miss. They, they put up a lot of numbers. Their offense is really good, but... Their defense is not very good, but it is also Alabama. Great offense. Uh, I'm picking Auburn. It's our first difference. Did you notice that? It is. Yeah, so that's a big game. Okay. I'm picking Auburn because I think they're going to bounce back and they're going to they're going to rebuild and have a better game. 
I'm not on the Bo Nix train, but I think he's a better quarterback than what he showed against South Carolina. And I just don't think Ole Miss has a good enough defense to be able to hold. I think Auburn has a good enough defense to be able to manage and to survive. It's going to be a close one, but I have the Tigers. Uh, so moving on, man, big fantasy matchup, your regular season bowl, and you've been hyping me up. You haven't told me the story yet. It came down to the wire. It was 5-0 and against 5-0. and uh, tell me about that and then talk to me about, you know, your sleepers and everything you do with your fantasy corner. Here's your time. I'm really excited to hear this story. All right. Fantasy football fire drill starts now. Okay. So 5-0 versus 5-0, just as Dalton said, uh, one of the most hyped up matches in, in our 10 years of fantasy football. Uh, it's a really, really serious and fun league. Uh, so... I won't, I won't spend too much time talking about numbers because uh, I know you're not in the league. So, uh, But I have a 47-point a lead going into Monday night football. There's two games on Monday night. The team I'm playing against has five players, okay? Josh Allen, Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Kelsey, uh, Chase Edmonds, and the Cowboys kicker going up against DeAndre Hopkins, okay? So first game happens. Things aren't looking good for for my team uh, going into the Cowboys and Cardinals game. I, I kind of had high hopes that that Zeke would do good. And that it puts me in a, a, a tough situation because I'm playing against Zeke, but Zeke's my boy in real life. And, and kind of my motto, my rule is Cowboys over fantasy football. And so if I lost at the hands of Zeke because he was helping out the Dallas Cowboys, so be it. But Zeke had a terrible game, and that gave me a chance, ladies and gentlemen. DeAndre Hopkins catches a 60-yard ball at the end of the game, okay, to put me up by five points late in the game, okay? If you watch the game, you would remember that the Dallas Cowboys, in in kind of some trash time, get the ball on the one-yard line due to a pass interference. And so I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, Zeke is going to walk in here, and I'm going to lose by one point with two minutes to play in this game. Not only does Zeke not get the ball on the first snap, but then proceeds to not get the ball the second, the third, and the fourth snap from the one-yard line. That means no touchdown for Zeke, no six points. Ryan wins by five, and it was absolutely one of the craziest endings in my fantasy football life. Unbelievable. So after this matchup, how's how's your fantasy league looking? Do you think it's going to be a a clean sweep from here? Are there other teams in your league that could surprise you or – do you think this ring is is, is yours to lose? I, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, a lot of things can happen. Uh, I'm not going to say that the ring is mine to lose. But what I am going to say is I will be playing in the playoffs this year. Uh, and, and there are good teams in my league. But, you know, hard to say I'm going to go undefeated. I've never seen it been done. Uh, it's just, you know, it takes some skill in fantasy football, but it also takes luck. I mean, it's like going to the casino. You never know what you're going to get. And so... I'm going to slip up and lose here eventually, but 6-0 is, is the best start I've ever been a part of, and so I'm definitely really excited going forward. Yeah, if there's any year for you to go undefeated, it's probably this one with all the big injuries we've had and everything yep. going on. So it could happen. Uh, do you have any any surpri- any disappointing, any good fan? Give us your little rundown of the players. Yeah, so this week, uh, it was actually a particularly low fantasy week for a lot of big-name players. Uh, I know at the quarterback position, Mahomes didn't really do anything big. Uh, Josh Allen didn't do anything really big. Russell Wilson was on a bye. Uh, surprisingly, the two highest 
scoring quarterbacks in fantasy football were Matt Ryan, who we just got done trashing last week, who was, who was the disappointment of the week. He bounces back. And Ryan Tannehill. What a tear Ryan Tannehill's on. That dude is, is leading the Tennessee Titans to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, unfortunately for you, Dalton, the most disappointing quarterback this week, fantasy football-wise, was none other than Aaron Rodgers. I heard he I only mean, scored three points Unbelievable. Mm. Bad, bad, bad day for him. Uh, at the running back position, had a lot of had a lot of mediocre days. You know, Miles Gaskin of the Miami Dolphins puts up a pretty good day. A uh, couple others. Kenyon Drake dismantles the Dallas Cowboys. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a really impressive rookie out of Kansas City, has a big one. At the receiving position, just like I predicted, Julio Jones is back. He catches two touchdowns and a big win for the Falcons. Justin Jefferson on the other side of the ball has been one of the most impressive rookie receivers in NFL football. He had a huge fantasy day. Um, yeah, just, you know, uh, every week you're going to have, you're going to have weird, weird names score big points in fantasy football. And that, that makes it a lot of fun. So last week we saw that, uh, Le'Veon Bell, he is signed with the Chiefs. Yep. Though in a fantasy and an NFL perspective, how do you think that's going to affect Clyde Edwards Alaire? Fantasy, it's a death wish. Uh, you don't ever want to rely on a running back that is going to split carries with another running back. But with that being said, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't know why we're acting like Le'Veon Bell is some top five NFL running back. I know what he was in Pittsburgh, but he hasn't had a hundred yard uh, rushing game since 2017. So let's not jump the gun on that. Uh, I think I think in a fantasy world, it hurts uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire because he's not going to get any goal line carries. That's going to be Le'Veon Bell's job going forward. But uh, for a football, for a football thing, you know, it's great for the Chiefs. I mean, that's a that's the best offense in the NFL, and they just got a good player, and so they're definitely definitely gearing up to go back to back. And it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to bet against them that they don't. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun to watch you continue your fantasy league and keep giving us that information. We love hearing about that. But Humphreys, we had some first time ever. Breaking news while we are recording. Literally five minutes ago. You were looking at your phone out of a notification from ESPN. Big time news. Tell me what it was and how you feel about it. So I just got a notification uh, literally five minutes ago. We actually had to uh, we had to pause the show because I started stuttering because uh, I, was, I was trying to read at the same time. But the Seattle Seahawks, the undefeated Seattle Seahawks, this just in, are positioning themselves to make a push to sign... Wait for it. Antonio Brown. Wow. Wow. What do you think about that? Man, I, I'm worried because I'm worried. Antonio Brown, he's one of those guys that people say, you know, toxic in the locker room. But if he can be the, the Antonio Brown he was, I mean, this Seahawks offense is dangerous. You know, you have DK Metcalf on the outside. You have, you no, know, now that Aaron Rodgers had a terrible game, the front runner MVP by far, Russell Wilson. This might be a dangerous offense if we can get the Antonio Brown that they want to have. I just, I, you know, me being a fantasy football-minded person, I have a sour taste in my mouth in anything in regards to Antonio Brown. He was my third round, first pick of the third round last year, played one game. So I'll never forgive him for that. And, you know, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm telling this guy, look, you've got one strike. If you if you cause any any hoopla in that locker room on this undefeated team, you're gone. Okay, but if you can if you can keep your head on straight, you can stay normal and just play your game. 
Yeah, it's a great it's a great sign for the Seahawks. It's 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 really no risk for them because I assume that Pete Carroll is telling him exactly what I just said. And you've got you've got the MVP front runner and 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 that dude's a leader. I mean, we've seen that. That guy can can lead teams and and put put the Seahawks organization on his back and if you surround that guy with players, he's going to make plays. Yeah, and you know, Antonio Brown did okay that one game against the Patriots, but if Bill Belichick couldn't handle what he was doing, now, I don't know if Pete Carroll can, but on the other hand, the Patriot way is tough. It's it's not for everybody, and I think Pete Carroll is, is strict but kind of loose at the same time where he kind of lets them do what they need to do but still get business done. So hopefully Antonio Brown figures it out. I haven't heard anything about him recently, so I think he was going to, like, not rehab but figure himself out. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Seahawks do if they get Antonio Brown. All right, so let's roll into our NFL scores. Man, let's, you know, we always start off with our boys, and whew, it was disappointing on both sides. Uh, Cowboys and Cardinals. Cardinals get the win, 38-10. to 10. We both picked the Cardinals. We knew this was coming. Man, Andy Dalton looking a little rough. You lost another lineman. Injuries are killing you. And apparently there's some, there's some head coaches getting yelled at by the players. They're saying he can't coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. What is going on with your Dallas Cowboys? I think they're frustrated, first off. You know, anytime you start pointing fingers, it's out of frustration. Um, Obviously, I'm not there. I have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. Maybe the Cowboys players have every reason to uh, point fingers at the coaches. I don't know. But what I do know is you can't coach injuries, okay? And that's that's been a huge thing for the Dallas Cowboys this year. We've lost... Four starting offensive linemen, and last year we had a we had a offensive lineman, one of the best in the NFL, retire. And so we're playing f- five new guys right now. That's not the coach's fault. I mean, good grief. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the best player on the Dallas Cowboys roster, one of the best running backs in the NFL. He has two fumbles. That's I mean, that's not you cannot have that. You were you were Ezekiel Elliott. You have to hold on to the ball, and that resulted in 14 points for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we're second in the league right now in touchdowns scored, but we've also given up the most points through six weeks in the Super Bowl era in the history of the NFL. That's unbelievable. And and that and yeah, our defense is bad, but if you paid attention the other night, you saw improvement in our defense. We we played better. Really, Kyler Murray. We we held Kyler Murray. For the most part, I mean, he. I think he completed nine balls. I mean, that's that's a that's a win in my book defensively. But we lose a turnover battle every week. You know, Coach Cardi, the same Houston offensive coordinator, has been giving us stats on on turnovers and ball security. And if you win the turnover battle, and man, it's hard to hard to not agree with everything he's saying when you when you're literally are watching the Dallas Cowboys lose at the hands of turnovers. And I'm not, you know, to switch gears, I'm not saying that Andy Dalton played a flawless game. He 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 had some some questionable decisions, but you also can't put it all on him. There was there was some things way out of his control. Um, I'm not giving up on Andy Dalton yet. And and on the bright side, you know, yeah, we just lost and we're two and four, but we are first place in the NFC East, and the NFC East is awful. It's it's god awful. So there's hope. Everyone, you know. Stay on board. We, the Cowboys have got a chance, but some things need to change. Man, I'm going to be honest with you, Humph. You know, I was thinking about it, and I think the best thing the NFL needs to do is they need to not allow the NFC East into the playoffs and just have an extra wild card. Or I saw this on Twitter, and I thought it was hilarious. Instead of having a winner, we have an I know exactly NFC where you're going. East all-star team. <laughs> that would be awesome because I don't think any of y'all deserve to be in the playoffs. Another funny stat, though. Who would be the quarterback of that? Right now, 
It'd be Dak, surely. I mean, but, but if he's hurt, Carson Wentz, I get. Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, put him in there. You know, this is also a funny stat. It probably hurts your heart. It makes me kind of sad. You know who the number one passing yarded quarterback in the it's, NFL is right now? It's Dak it Prescott. Is still Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, yeah. My goodness. I, 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 think I, I think we said that that might happen. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I mean, that just that shows how bones. dominant off your offense was, but, man, your defense was just struggling. Now, you were talking about Andy Dalton, and I've been hearing some rumors, and we're going to talk about the Dolphins game after we talk about the Packers, but Tua is now the starter for the Dolphins. So Fitz, you know, he had he's, he's got the Dolphins in first place right now over the Patriots. And there's been some talk now. No reliable sources, so we can't. They're in second because the Bills. Okay, yeah, yeah. they're in, they're over. They are over the Patriots, okay. though. Yes. So no reliable sources, so we can't confirm that this is really happening. But people are saying that before the trade deadline, Fitz might end up on the Cowboys. Fitz, he's having a great year. He he's a veteran of the game, general on the field. How do you feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Cowboys? Would you start him over Andy Dalton? I, I'll say this. Um, I think. Looking at them, you know, put them side by side. I think they're very similar. I think they, you know, do a lot of the same things. But the only reason I would give Fitz the upper hand right this second is because he's played six games this year. I mean, he's 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 been the starter in Miami from the start, and so experience is, is everything. You know, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton hadn't played this year. His first snaps were right after Dak got hurt, and his first start was the other night. And so let's give him a little bit of time before we you know, start making any rash decisions. But yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is playing really good right now. And to switch gears, and I'm sure you'll bring this up in a second, but man, what do you think about them putting two over him in the state that they're in? Man, I don't know. Because, you know, Fitz, and he said in a press conference, he he knows he's a placeholder for when Tua is going in. He knew that when it's time, it's time, and he was just there for a little bit. But he's been having a great year. They're one game out of the playoffs. So I think I think Tua should have I think they should put him in if they start losing and they know, look, we're not gonna win the we're not gonna make the playoffs. Let's put him Tua and let him start, and then next year he's the guy. I think Fitz should have stayed the starter. I think it's a really surprising move given the fact that the only reason he went in against the Jets is because they were blowing him out. It was 24-0. They had zero points. Just throw him in there. And I didn't see a lot out of him. You know, he ran around, made a couple good passes. But I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a shot at Fitz. He was doing a great year. He was having a great year. I think he's a great quarterback. I, I'm not sure. I think it was a bad move. What about I, you? I think it was a it was a terrible shot at Fitz. I mean, he he's really put them on his back this year. I mean, the Dolphins are not a bad football team right now. And they're, they're legitimately one game out of the playoffs in the wild card position. And, and yeah, okay. I know Tua is, is the long-term answer. Ron Fitzpatrick is, is an older guy. And so Tua, obviously they drafted him to be the quarterback one day, but he's not going anywhere. I mean, Tua's going to be there tomorrow. And so keep riding your hot hand. And the goal in the NFL is to win games. Well, you're winning games. I don't, I just, I don't see why this is an appropriate time to make a switch to that nature. Yeah, and I also think, too, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Tua because now he has to continue doing well for the Dolphins, and he has to win these games. If he has one bad game, he's, he's done. And that's going to that's gonna affect your quarterback. We had the same issue with Sam Houston State, you know, switching between two different quarterbacks, it throws the game off. So, you know, hopefully Tua has a great year and the Dolphins can continue to win. I like the Dolphins. I think they're a great team. Uh, I feel bad for Fitzpatrick. He's been doing his best. But, you know, he's going to get paid. He'll probably end up on another team as a backup. Starter gets hurt, he comes in and does his thing. That's just what Fitzpatrick does. 
So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Maybe he becomes a cowboy and he leads the Cowboys to, you know, the winning the NFC East, which should be the, he'll be the all-star team quarterback when uh <laughs> when they don't when they decide not to allow any of y'all into the playoffs. Now, I have no room to talk about playing bad because the Packers got smurdered by the Buccaneers 38 to 10. And I said last week that uh, Devin White said, we're going to blitz, and we're going to blitz, and we're going to blitz. And that's all they did all game. Aaron Rodgers had no time in the pocket. He was he was had a bad game. He got hurt. Our, our David Bakhtiari, our all-pro left tackle, he got hurt. That's a big shot. Our defense, it struggled. I don't know if you saw the game, but Rob Gronkowski is back. He <laughs> yeah. had himself a game. I did, I did see that. Tom Brady, he he doesn't look like the same Tom Brady he is, but he 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 had a defense to carry him. Rogers threw his first pick six, and I think about like seven years, he threw two picks, which is the first time that's happened in forever. So uh, I don't think the Bucks are legit yet, but Gronkowski's back. Brady is doing okay, and their defense is good enough to run. So I think I think the Bucks can surprise a couple people, but uh, don't be worried about the Packers. We had one bad game. We're gonna be back. We are still four and one. But we're behind the Bears. We're gonna talk about the Bears in a second. Oof. Second place in the NFC North, but we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna be fine. So moving on to some more scores. Texans and Titans, 42 to 36 in overtime. What a good game that was. Tannehill, Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry might become one of the greatest running backs of all time. Derrick Henry is officially Walk on Radio's first certified. Dow get dow. Dow get dow. Dow get dow. Oh my yeah. goodness. Put it on a shirt, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I don't know if you saw, but the coin toss. Oh, did you yeah. see Deshaun Watson? The, 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 the look in his face, him knowing that Derrick Henry was going to single-handedly beat the Texans. And right I think there. that says it all about overtime rules in the NFL. It's got to change because that's just unfair that, that they don't even get a chance to score and keep it going. I'm not saying it has to be the same as college's format as far as starting on the 25. But, yes, I think both teams should get the opportunity to touch the ball. Yeah, so it was a great game. Deshaun Watson had a had one of his best games ever. Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. Tannehill had a good game. Uh, another one of our pick'em game, the Toilet Bowl, the Falcons versus the Vikings. The Ooh. Falcons win 40-23 in a, in a domination. You keep picking the Vikings, and uh, you're going to keep losing if you keep picking <laughs> the Vikings. Uh, that game really didn't matter. They both are on – they're both doing really bad. But, you know, maybe the Falcons can turn around. Colts and Bengals. Colts win 31-27. to Philip Rivers is so wishy-washy, man. And Joe Burrow is fighting for his life. Yeah, uh, you know, can the Colts? You know, it's going to be the Titans winning the AFC South, but can you see the Colts maybe doing something they're, surprising yeah. the Titans? The, the the Colts are no, they're not going to rival the Titans this year. The Titans are going to win the AFC South, uh, but the Colts are a good enough team, have a good enough defense. Uh, and a great offensive line with a, a solid rookie running back behind them. They're good enough to get one of the three wild card spots and make the playoffs this year. Yeah, so it's going to be really fun to watch the Colts. They just got to keep performing. They maybe do a little bit better. Bears and Panthers. Bears win twenty three to sixteen. The Bears are five and one. Man, first in the NFC North. It's the worst five and one team I've ever seen. Yeah, what we nobody ever thought the Bears were going to be doing so well. Uh, is it Nick Foles or is it? Do they have a good enough offense altogether? Well, Nick Foles in an interview this week uh, made a comment about how you know would you rather have five pretty losses or five ugly wins? And I think that sums up what the Bears are right now. They're an ugly team, but at the end of the day. They are what their record is. They're a five and one team because they are five and one, and so hard to hard to bash them for that if 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 you stay winning. Yeah, and you know, shout out National Tight End Day. Jimmy Graham for the Bears 
has been balling, which is really disappointing because we had him for a few years and he did absolutely nothing. Now he goes to the Bears and all of a sudden wants to start winning. Whatever. I hate Jimmy Graham forever. Why would you even want to go to the Bears after playing for the Packers? Uh, Broncos and Pats. Wow. Broncos get an upset win. Big surprise 18-12. Jeez, what happened with the Patriots? Man, they just, they, they, they looked, they looked really lost offensively. I guess, you know, all the time off from, from the Corona stuff in New England was, was detrimental to their game this week, but you know, and it ain't, it's not that Denver played good. Denver did not play that well, but the Patriots played worse. Yeah, and I guess that shows how good the Titans have been playing because they were able to go from a Corona, you know, missing two weeks and still be able to win games. The uh, the Patriots were the other team that struggled with that, and they had a, a bad game. Chiefs and Bills. Chiefs win 26-17. to 17. Man, our Bills are going downhill. Josh yeah. Allen is going downhill. They're, they're showing that they do not really rise to the occasion they beat mediocre teams and bad teams but you know they've played they've played two tough teams back to back Tennessee and Kansas City and just really haven't put up much of a fight in either yeah they they're close but they're not there yet the Chiefs are still dominating uh they they lost to the Raiders but that does not matter they're still probably the best team in the uh, NFL uh, or up there top five at least Ravens and Eagles a little bit closer than people thought Raven they got close towards 30 and 28 Eagles are still fighting. Uh, I saw a little bit of Jalen Hurts in there running around doing yep. some Wildcat stuff. Or I couldn't even call it Wildcat because he's a quarterback, but uh, he, he's getting some time. Another pick em game, Browns versus Steelers. Wow. Boy, this one was bad. Yeah, bad on uh, me. I picked the uh, the old Brownies, and uh, you know they can't win there yet. 38-7, to the Steelers win. The Steelers, are they looking like the old Steelers they're, that once were? Well, they're a different Steelers. Uh, you know, they're not... They're not relying on Big Ben to make make plays like they have in the past. They're just playing really good defense, running the ball down people's throats, and you know, giving giving their receivers the ball to make plays themselves. You know, not really much downfield stuff. But Chase Claypool has the best nickname in the NFL. Did you did you see what I they're calling him? Nickname yet? Okay, so Chase Claypool, everyone knows he's a he's a breakout rookie. He's he's looking like a doggy dog. Okay, but he's from Canada. People are calling him. Mapletron. Oh god. Mapletron. Oh god. That's the best nickname I've ever heard. Mapletron. Oh my god. You that know is what? All... Steelers for Super Bowl. Put that on a t-shirt. My Good goodness. lord. Hey, we might need to put that on a t-shirt and uh, get them uh, trademark rights yeah, real quick. Mapletron. Well, Steelers, they have a great matchup this week and I'm going to say this right now. I say whoever wins this game this week plays the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Do you agree with me? They're playing the Tennessee Titans. Man, it's tough to not put the Ravens in that category, but I agree with you. I think the winner of this game puts themselves in the best position to give the Chiefs a run for their money in the AFC title game. Yeah, and I think the Steelers are doing everything right. You know, you can't rely on Big Ben anymore as much as you used to, so you have to build around him, have a good running game, have a great receiver, and have a great defense is what they're relying on. The Browns, you know, Baker Mayfield got benched. I still think Baker Mayfield is a good player. Uh, apparently, people are saying Odell and Jarvis need to get out of Cleveland. So uh, it's looking bad for the Browns. They're still not there yet. Same old, same old. David Njoku is also asking for a trade. So they are losing their, all their playmakers. Yeah. We'll see how they do. Lions and Jags. The Lions win 34-16. to The Jags are still fighting, but they are still bad. But not as bad as the Jets. 24-0. Dolphins win that game. We already talked about that. Tua comes in. You, I know you saw he sat on the field 15 minutes after. Pretty, pretty special moment On the 15-yard line, yep. FaceTime his parents. Really cool moment for yep. him. Uh, the Toilet Bowl 2, 
Washington football team, New York Giants. Giants good, good get the game, first actually. win. Daniel Jones, you know what? Daniel Jones isn't as bad as everybody's saying. I don't think he he's a franchise quarterback, but he's not as bad as what people are saying. I think given the situation, considering he lost arguably the best running back in football, I think I think he's done fine. Now let me ask you this. Justin Fields to the New York Giants or Trey Lance to the New York Giants? Mm. That's tough. Um, I really see one of them going to the Washington football team before I see them going to the Giants, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and you know, I know they're, they're big on Daniel Jones. They still think he could be that guy, so maybe they try to develop him more, and then once Saquon come, comes back, they can see how it goes more. Uh, our last pick game, the 49ers and the Rams. 49ers are finally starting to look like the team they were last year. George Kittle had a great game. Uh, they win 24-16. to Man, those Rams, they are really wishy-washy. They're all over uh, the place. They're good one week, and then they lose to the Niners the next They are week. good, but I, I didn't think the Niners were very good, and, and the Niners really came to play on Sunday Night Football. The Rams have a have a big game next uh, this week. We're going to pick them. So let's get into our picks. we got four picks for this week. Uh, first one, we talked about it. I said it's going to be whoever plays the Chiefs. Pittsburgh versus ten- Tennessee. Who do you got winning this game? I think I think this is the game of the week uh, in the NFL. Uh, all all eyes will be on. Um, this is tough because I, I really do believe in the steel curtain this year, but I'm going to ride the hot hand with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, and I think the Titans get a win here. Now, I am big on the Tennessee Titans. I love the Tennessee Titans, but I'm going the Steelers. I've picked against the Steelers a couple times. They have uh, they have surprised me. Uh, look. And this is a, one big thing about Tennessee, too, is you have to stop Derrick Henry. I think the Pittsburgh defense is good enough to stop Derrick Henry. Another thing is Titans, you know, three-time Pro Bowl left tackle, Taylor Wan tears the ACL. ACL. Yep. So let's look for Watt to come in and make some plays. Uh, I think if you could stop Derrick Henry, I don't think Tannehill, he's been doing great, but because he's had Derrick Henry to rely on. If you can stop Derrick Henry and get that pass rush going, I can't see Tennessee winning this game. I love Tennessee, but give me Pittsburgh and uh, Big Ben. Next game is uh, a proven prove game for my Arizona Cardinals. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks. They can win this game. They can finally certify themselves in the running. But uh, Seattle's looking really hot. Russell Wilson's probably winning MVP this year. Who do you got for this game? I'm uh, Just like I said in the last one, I'm going to ride the hot hand. I think the Seahawks get the win on the road here against a talented Arizona roster. Um, you know, watch out for DeAndre Hopkins this week. Seattle's secondary is kind of trash, you know. Jamal Adams has been injured, and so they're hurting. But I uh, just – Russell Wilson is playing way too good right now to bet against him. Yeah, I've never picked against Arizona, but I got to do this week because uh, you're catching up. I got to make smarter picks here. And uh, I want to pick Arizona. I want to say that they're going to surprise Kyler Murray and that great offense is going to come back. But uh, I can't pick against Russell Wilson right now. DK Metcalf is looking like a beast. Give me Seattle. But they're playing at Arizona, so it could change it around. If if Arizona wins this game, I will not be mad at all because I want the Cardinals to keep making that run and do well. Our next game, Tampa Bay at the Raiders. Tampa Bay had a great game against Packers, and the Raiders have been uh, really off and on. They're, they're good. Are they a good team? Are they a bad team? I don't really know yet. Who do you got for this game? Man, um, I, again, I've said it every week. I really do like Las Vegas and John Gruden. Uh, they're playing in the Death Star. You know, Tampa Bay is going to have to travel. Tampa Bay is coming off a huge win against a really talented Green Bay Packers roster. And for that, 
I'm taking I'm taking the Tampa Tampa Bay Brady's. Um, I think think he's gonna finally get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin really involved this week. You know, last week they scored 38 on Green Bay, and I think they combined for like five catches. And that's that's really weird that your two stud outside receivers aren't aren't really making plays. But I think they do this week, and I think the Buccaneers get the win. I forgot to mention this about uh, the Packers. Jair Alexander. You know how many catches Mike Evans had? Zero. He didn't catch a ball? Zero. So he's locked up Calvin Ridley wow. and Mike Evans. Yep. And people are saying he he's top five corner, could become really good. I'm big on him. He's a, he's a great cornerback. I hate the Bucks right now. They really made me mad. I'm picking the Raiders. Ooh, I like it. I uh, They've been surprising me. I like they, it. They no, beat I... the Chiefs. They, they When I picked the Saints over the Raiders, they, they beat the Saints. I, I think like... David Carr is really underrated. He's got a moment. chip on his shoulder. I don't know if you – Wait, Brian... Derek Carr? David Carr? Which Derek. one? Derek. 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 The David's one. the older one. My yeah. bad. Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is very underrated at the moment. Derek Carr, he said at the beginning of the year that, you know, he had a whole attitude change. He doesn't care what people think about him. He just wants to win. Good for him. He said uh, last week he's tired of lo- – or last week, two weeks ago, tired of losing. He wants to change it around. Good for him. John Gruden, and we've always talked about this young team. National tight end day, Darren Waller. Is I can see him getting uh, a couple touchdowns. A, a absolute mismatch for every defense. But national tight end day, Gronkowski is back. So who will be able to guard Is that Gronkowski? Sunday Night Football, I think? I'm yeah. not sure. Is yeah, it? it is. I think so. It's going to be a good matchup. It is at the Death Star. Oh, I love looking at it and seeing them play in that all-black arena. Give me the Raiders at home. And our last game, 5-1 Bears, the most surprising team right now in the NFL, against the Rams, who is another surprising team. Uh, who do you got to win this game? Uh, I hate the Bears. <laughs> Money Night Football, uh, the Bears, the Bears are not that good. Uh, I don't care what the record is. I know I gave some big spiel earlier about how if you're 5-1, and one, you're a 5-1 and one team. Forget that. Give me the Rams. Give me Sean McVay. Give me Daryl Henderson. Give me Jared Goff. Money Night Football in the new stadium. I'll take the Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams as well. I, I don't ever really pick, a, pick the Bears. I'm not going to do it now. I like the Rams. You know, maybe the Bears could surprise it. This this is also another proven game for the Bears. Are they going to be able to win against a really good team? They have a decent offense, an okay defense, but the Rams have a great offense. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an interesting pick them. We have a three or four different picks. Yep. Yep. This might be it. You're you're catching up. <laughs> I need to I need so I need That's the luck to come year, back. Dalton. So uh, give your final thoughts before we end this episode. Uh, we've got a really interesting week of football coming up. Again, I say it every week. Uh, I'm happy that we get to do this. I'm happy that we, we have football. Uh, I know we've had some couple hiccups with corona here and there, but I think it's gone smooth for the most part. And so hope you, uh, hope you guys enjoy your weekends watching football, and we'll see you next week.